It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. So who are we watching anyway? Her name is Maria McGuire. Long brown hair, brown eyes, mm, 313 pounds. 313 pounds? Let me see that. I would imagine that's fully clothed. Oh my God, how oh, she could be the house. This is disgusting. I hate this job. Two undercover cops on the trail of an escaped killer, staking out the house of his unsuspecting girlfriend. I think she's gone on a diet. Everything was routine. Lucy, you got some planning to do. <laughs> Until one of them stepped out of line. I was supposed to be watching the house, right? So I was watching the house from the inside. Out of the shadows. What a bozo. And into the picture. I don't believe this. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez in a John Badham movie. Did we uh, practice safe sex? Probably, Probably not. Stake out. Who says a little danger can't be a lot of fun? Hello, and welcome to the film with three brains. This is Sean in Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood. And Sam in San Francisco saying... This is no boating accident. <laughs> Where's that from? <laughs> we'll uh, come back to that, I think. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Stakeout, a 1997 buddy cop action comedy directed by John Badham. And the uh, headline people are Richard Dreyfus, Emilio Estevez, and uh, Madeline Stone, A. Quinn, also. Um, do I think I think I definitely saw it in the, well I don't I don't know I didn't see it in the theater I, I definitely so. saw it in the theater I got in trouble for it sort of I know I it saw was, it at Mike's house but I'm I'm dying to hear this story about you getting in trouble so should we start with that? <laughs> I mean it's it's a little anticlimactic I wouldn't say I got in trouble I mean I kind of did it it was because I had seen it I think with Dan Davis I think. I want to say him because I think it was his, I, th- I believe it was his parents who didn't really, or wait, no, I don't, well, I don't know. Somehow I saw it in the theater, like, you know, bought a ticket. It was like Action Jackson, bought a ticket for one movie, walked in and saw Stake, Stake Out. Although for some reason, I feel like someone's parents let us, took us to see it and let us watch it. But I, I, I don't remember. I can't quite put it together in my brain. Anyway, so fast forward, you know, three to six months, whatever the turnaround time for video was back then. And being in the video store with my parents and my sister <laughs> and being the unconscionably smug asshole I was at that age who just couldn't resist being a know-it-all. When my sister asked a question about whether Stakeout was good, I'm like, oh, yes, it's very good. I thought it was very funny, very well done. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what am I? What, what are we in 1987? Like 13? Yeah. And my dad, of course, is like, Oh, you saw this? Yeah, I saw it in the theater, whatever, you know, with whoever. And what's it rated? Uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's rated R. And then he proceeded to chastise me, you know, about seeing a rated R movie without, without 
asking and blah, 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 blah. So I didn't really get in trouble. He just like gave me a, a, a minor verbal berating in the middle of a video store for like 30 seconds and then let it go, <laughs> which surprised me. <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. The, uh, so we didn't rent stakeout. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I ever saw it again after that initial theater going experience. I would think I probably did at some point because I remembered it moderately well. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, no, that's not true. I didn't remember very well at all. I forgot Aiden Quinn was in it. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I just remembered people. Richard Dreyfuss, Emilio Estevez, and Madeline Stowe. Right. Sam, you, you th saw it, thought you saw it in the theater. Oh, I did, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Market Square. Anyway. Did you, did you, did you a sneak in? job like that or I did you go with remember your parents if, maybe? or if it was with my mom or not um my mom didn't really care about i mean if we, maybe we i saw it with you then <laughs> it might have been yeah, oh. like i remember going to see it and um but i can't remember who i was with it might have been you i don't know anyway i so my i remember aiden quinn was in this movie um i remember richard dreyfuss milio estevez and I would have never guessed it was Madeline Stowe in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't remember. Who I, I would have more likely picked Rosie O'Donnell, who was in the, another stakeout. Um, I just, when I saw her, I was like, oh, I do not remember that at all. <laughs> but I also don't think she looks the way that I'm used to her. Like, to me, she, yeah, she I agree. is 12 Monkeys. Yeah. And she doesn't look the same in 12 yeah. Monkeys. I agree. You know, her face seems more filled out. Her chin seems more angled, like pronounced in this. And yeah, she just, I don't know. I, yeah. I got the impression. So we were watching this and, and you know, her name's Maria, uh, uh, whatever. I forgot her last name, something, um, Hispanic or, or, um, Maria uh, McGuire. McGuire, but, but like no, but it was Gutierrez, or Guadalupe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. McGuire. And so, Sam was like, Madeline Stowe is a Hispanic woman? That seems odd. And I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I said, well, maybe she has one Hispanic parent. So I looked her up. She does. Her mother was uh, from Costa Rica. Her dad, I believe, was American or not Hispanic. Hmm. Anyway, so what you're saying about the way she looks made me made me wonder if she didn't do sort of like a share thing where they make themselves look a little more Anglo through surgery. I don't know. Oh. I didn't know Cher did that. I mean, I'm not entirely certain she did, but if you look at old photos of her, she looks far more Native American than she did in her later years. Okay. And I always, I always just sort of assumed she did that on purpose, and maybe that's unfair assumption. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is Madeline Stowe's first big film. Yeah, she did look very different, though. I, I can't put my finger on it either. I mean, maybe she's just young. I don't know. She was she's 29 when this movie came out. Oh. Richard Dreyfuss was only 40. He seems, I don't know why, he seems older. He, he just does. always seems old. If he's not in Jaws, he seems old. Yeah. Because <laughs> for me, it's like there's Jaws, there's Close Encounters, and then there's nothing until Stakeout. And I, I know that's not true. It's just he went from being like the young dork to being a guy who just always looks perennial, per, permanently 50 or 60 in all, like in all yeah. his roles yeah. until he gets really old, you know, like in Poseidon or whatever. I think what stands out to me is that he pulls off a tough guy cop much more than he should be able to. Yeah. 
You know, if you look at his sure. hair, he throws on his glasses and jaws or even close encounters, the third kind. He doesn't look like a very yeah worldly sort of macho guy, but yeah, he does. I was it's thinking just that, enough in that. In I was world. thinking that too, in the opening credits and it's a, you know, it's a silver screen partners to whatever it's Joel Silver, who's known for producing, you know, big budget action films since the eighties, tons, you know, all huge stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking this is an odd cast for a Joel Silver film. You know, this could have easily been, you know, two action stars, you know, two muscle bone action stars in the roles of, of Richard Dreyfuss and Emilio Estevez or something. I mean, maybe not Emilio Estevez, but Richard Dreyfuss certainly. Yeah. You know, that could have easily gone the other way, been a little more lethal weapon and a little less, um, you know, like Turner or Hooch. <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> like Turner and Hooch? <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head. <laughs> But like Tom Hanks is a cop, I suppose. But you're right. I mean, Richard Dreyfus, he does it pretty convincingly, he's, in, even though he's so short. He's like 5'4". Five, 5'4 four. Five, four is what it says, yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah, so if they didn't have Emilio Estevez, who's 5'6", yeah. and Madeline Stowe's like 5'6", then right. it might look pretty weird. But Sure. But I guess, I mean, clearly they're going for comedy more than action in this. You know, sort of, I think I sort of equate it to um, Running Scared. You ever see that? Sure. Oh, I love it. With, yeah, with Billy Crystal <laughs> and um, uh, Gregory, Gregory Hines. 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 Yes. Where they, you know, they a comedian and a dancer play cops, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they do it pretty well, you know. Yeah. That's a good comparison. I think that they're funnier. I mean, not that I didn't think this was funny. I really like Richard Dreyfuss, but... Um, I don't know. I can't remember it well enough to, to really stack them against each other. But yeah, they seem to have a lot of comedy and and a little bit of, you know, tough guy detective stuff mm-hmm. going on. I'm not sure why I can't. I can't. I just can't think of. I mean, the, so the action in this is. Did you guys read that uh, Letter Nimoy was was uh, considered as a director? I yeah, we saw that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was uncomfortable with the action stuff. Mm-hmm. So he did Three Men and a Baby. Right. There's not much action in this movie. There's well, not a whole there lot. Is, there's not a whole lot, but what there is is important. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the it's, it starts with action, and then there's action in the in the middle, sort of like the the reason for him to mm-hmm. to uh, disappear, and I yeah. think, uh, and then at the end, there's quite a long sequence of not yeah. that long but i mean yeah i remember that more than, i remember the logs <laughs> yeah the end. right i remember thinking oh those logs are deadly you gotta stay away from those yeah <laughs> giant i like i like that they take the action seriously you know yeah i guess that's I, it really bothers me when they make like a like a quote-unquote action comedy or or it's a, or just a straight-up comedy where like comedic actors are supposed to be police officers. It's super goofy and everything's cartoony. Like, I don't, I don't know why I just don't like it. It's just not an aesthetic I like, but you know, you take something like this or, you know, Beverly Hills cop or 48 hours, um, or like, I don't know, running scared, you know, uh, and, uh, midnight run or whatever, even though that's for Robert De Niro, but still, you know, it just, it's the comedy is so much more effective if, if the action seems real, you know, to me. And I think a movie's like, what's the one with Mark Wahlberg and Will and Will Ferrell? The other guys. The other guys. Yeah. Like, I mm-hmm. think the other guys is really funny. But if they'd have played the action side of it straight, it'd have been so much better. Mm-hmm. I really think it that it just for me it just loses something when they when they 
play the the one half of it so goofy and like it's almost like they just just throwing it like they don't care or something i don't know anyway you mean so, like the, the big shootout in the boardroom yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's silly yeah I, don't, oh, I just the, don't like that. <laughs> in the beginning, when they jump off the roof, like aim for, <laughs> right, the, right. Aim for the yeah. trees or aim for the bushes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Aim for the bushes. You know, it's just idiotic. <laughs> You're like, okay, that was stupid. So I appreciate that about Stakeout. Uh, you know, I mean, it's certainly got issues. It's got some 80s issues. Um, it does. Like the overt misogyny and objectification of mm-hmm. exhibitionism it's, misogyny. It's, a little, it's just a little like ugh. or not exhibition it, it, uh, there's, voyeurism. There's, <laughs> there's some serious scenes that made me cringe i was like oh god this is yeah. just so wrong you know and yeah. all it would have taken is like one voice one sort of voice of reason one counterpoint even if it was you know emilio Esfes or one of the other cops someone to at least point out that what's going on is so damn wrong you know or the way they're they're treating yeah. it, yeah. The way, Emilio they're, the way they're approaching it is like, uh, it's gro- it's gross, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, oh. he he says it, but he says it because he's worried about his job and yeah, being by the book. He didn't care right. about like invasion right. of privacy or right. Any of that and stuff. I get it; they're on a stakeout. Like the shit's gonna happen, but just the way they they go about it is just gross, you know. Mm. And I don't well, know. I mean, maybe that's. I mean, I mean, I'm not a police officer. I've never been on a stakeout, so I don't know. Maybe that's just the way it goes when you're that bored sitting all night watching someone do nothing you know yeah uh, and maybe you know maybe i don't know clearly i don't <laughs> but i do know that as a person watching a movie it made me cringe and i didn't care for it <laughs> yeah yeah i don't remember cringing when i was young but i don't think i was old enough to understand right exactly why i so just cringy. thought it was really funny when i was young i yeah. thought it was all hilarious thought this movie was so funny and i still i mean it is amusing of course but that aspect of it was kind of ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to get back to the the quote that Sam started with, but um mm. if you haven't seen Stakeout, um it is a it, they are literally on, on the stakeout uh, uh but buddy detectives uh get screw up a bust and they get stuck with this dumb night shift of a stakeout detail. Uh one of many. There's a bunch of stakeouts in the FBI want them to do this one. And they Everything is fine, but he gets more and more involved with the subject of the stakeout. Uh, uh, he, meaning uh, Chris, Richard Dreyfus, and he, t- you know, has to think of a name. He calls himself Bill, which is immediately west of his his name. And uh, eventually, the reason the reason they were doing the stakeout is because of uh, an escaped convict, which is what starts the movie. And he eventually shows up, and uh, you know, then things get. A little more serious, but that's pretty much the plot of the movie. You know, there's there's some back and forth with uh, after the escape. You know, they're on the road with his the guy that breaks him out, and they rob some stuff. But I mean, that's the gist is just the stakeout itself, and uh, yeah, it's amazing that they kind of made a whole. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I guess uh, the guy that wrote it won an award for it, right? Oh yeah. I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Jim Koof. Yep. Won the Edgar Award, named after Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. I don't know. Some some movie for some some award for for mystery slash what I don't know. I don't know how, what the genres are included. Not much, but. Not much of a mystery. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was well written. I think that's probably the basis of yeah most of it. But one of the things I like about it is what uh, Sam said at the top, which was a line, a line <laughs> within a line, line you know, movie within a movie. There, Sam, you want to explain that? So when they're bored and Richard Dreyfuss and Milo Estevez are sitting sitting around across the street from from uh, this woman, they're, they start saying, uh, quizzing each other, like trivia, and um, Emilio Estevez is asking movie lines and uh, Richard Dreyfuss is asking like random presidential trivia. But um, in real life, before they shot the scene, they were actually doing this on the set. And Emilio Estevez said that line, and um, Richard Dreyfuss didn't give it, didn't get it, even though it's his line from Jaws. You know, this is no boating accident. So they thought it was too good to pass up. They're like, we got to put that in the film. So that's how that's how that ended up in there. That's great. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's it's a great little throwback reference. Yeah, I I think it's really cool that they would use something from real life. Yeah. That's clever. I don't know if they... Oh, yeah, I'd be curious to know if they did the presidents as well. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you know, 16th president, president, and then he he said, does this, does this help? And he shows his Playboy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And he goes, hey, Lincoln. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not sure I get that. I guess it's because... Of, I guess it's hair. But when I was a kid, I was like... I laughed at it when I was a kid, but I didn't know why I was laughing. I was like, oh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Probably had seen Playboys by then. But anyway. But yeah, that's part of the, the shtick. is like they're four detectives in this, in this beat-up old house kind of abandoned house and they got stuff on the walls and they, they eat pizza and donuts and yeah. and play pranks on each other, which is also kind of fun. I forgot yeah. about the pranks. I, I knew there yeah. was some yeah. kind of rivalry, but I, I, it doesn't really, it's not really clear why they have a rivalry. Is it right? Just, just to have one. Yeah. I yeah. guess it, it seems to be a, a theme with, with a uh, cop, especially detective movies. Like, like there's a team rivalry, you know, this, like the other guys, like there's the, you know, the the hotshot detective guys, and they get all the hot, the good assignments and stuff. And then there's uh, the not so good ones. And so yeah, this this is very much related to the other guys. These are the other guys. Well, I think the, the other guys are so necessary. Like it's great to have that that little, um, you know, ant- antagonistic uh, prank relationship. But it's also, I don't I don't know. When I watch a lot of movies, I. I'm, I'm subconsciously looking for, you know, what's the concept? What's what's the thing? What's the scene? Like once someone had the idea of what the movie is going to be, that they're like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, if the person who 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 wrote um, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, <laughs> it would, which is not like the best movie at all. But for, as far as an example goes, it's a really good example because the the screenwriter was like had this idea of this you know this tough cop Sylvester Stallone trapped with this 
you know, with his his mom essentially as his as his sidekick. <laughs> and he realizes that when the mom gets behind the wheel, this elderly lady gets behind the wheel to do a chase scene, he's like, This is it. Like that's that's gold. Like just the idea of this cop trying to get his mom to drive like the way recklessly like a cop would in a chase that we that we all expect was was gonna was the real giant payoff that he knew made the everything else worth it. And in that movie, maybe that's true as far as like that's all that there is to <laughs> that's it. It's probably as good as it gets, yeah. But but in this movie, I realized like, okay, it's a neat concept to be like, hey, what happens if the cop who's supposed to be watching this woman start fall, actually falls in love with her, like meets her and and falls in love with her, like you know, how's that going to play into things? But then realizing that once he stays at her place and he wakes up the next morning. And he realizes the other <laughs> shift is on yeah. and that he has to get out of that house without giving away the fact that he's just like broken protocol in this massive way. Yeah. Like that's the genius. I was like, as soon as I seen it, it's like, I was like, oh yeah, it's the guy who wrote this. He knew that as soon as he had that idea that he was going to milk that scene for everything it could deliver. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, And then you get to relive it when they well, listen to the tape. The yeah, audio tape and the phone call. No, that's what I'm saying. That, that's true. <laughs> there that 15 minutes is is now fortunately the rest of this movie is also good but that that string of uh, roughly 15 minutes is like that's what makes the movie like that yeah. th that idea you know mm -hmm. i was grinning the whole time i was like this is great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's so flustered he walks halfway down the stairs walks halfway back up <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I can't I can't put my finger on why what I like about Richard Dreyfus, but he delivers more more often than not. Yeah, I feel like it's, well, we you know we he's watched great. him and Let It Ride too. He's just, yes, like, right. he's just a likable guy. Like mm -hmm. he just he just seems like you know you can't help but kind of root for him no matter what he's doing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I would have liked to known something about the case. I mean, I think they had to kind of make it a bare bones sort of uh arrest like they're hanging there the movie starts there actually it starts with the the prison break but after that they're on the dock they're following this guy uh we don't know why <laughs> uh and then we don't know why he is onto them because he sees them coming and then there's a big chase and there's a bunch of fish all over and uh you know bill drives a forklift off the pier and <laughs> it's just hijinks but i mean it's it's pretty believable you know i guess if you're gonna arrest somebody you could you know you you do it where you where you have to do it but uh it was just kind of like i don't know <laughs> i'm not sure where i'm going with this i think <laughs> I lost the thread i don't know it's it, it, it's oh that the, the guy himself like is there's no explanation for him he shows up in the cop station later the red hair yeah criminal guy yeah he, you know, he, he pops up throughout the right. movie with no explanation. Right, right. Yeah, and you're like, what? Where'd he come from? <laughs> like, how did he get arrested and then released again on, on bail, yeah. presumably, and then shows up again? But I guess it's it was perfect in, in that he's, you know, he stands out. You're like, oh, that guy again. You know, you don't have to really know. You know, we just have to know he's a criminal and then he serves his purpose. And Yeah. It's like there's just enough of that. Like, there's just enough story to to tidy up the edges edges of the script, you know, of, of the what's going on. You know, we don't need to know. Um, well, let's see. He does mention 
um, stick in Quinn's character. He's he says somewhere in there what he did. What did he do? Grand, I can't remember. I mean, we you get the sense he's a bad dude, but you don't really. Ha- I mean, because he kind of will do whatever he. Well, he beats the crap out of the the uh, prison doctor. Mm-hmm. So we know he's kind of overly mean. He didn't have to do that. He kept going. Yeah. Um, but what did he do? How did he get in jail? I think he like, killed somebody. He I killed thought they somebody? said. I don't remember did how he... or why. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they give you just enough to, to paint a picture. I would uh, I had a hard time buying Aiden Quinn as like a hardened criminal type. Did you? Yeah. I don't know. I just keep, I keep picturing, I can't help myself. I just always think of him as, um, Benny and June. Benny and June. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I just like, I don't know. There's just something about him. I just, you know, when he's being threatening and, all, and not only that though, but the way his character is written and the way he sort of plays him, mm-hmm. at least for the first half, I had a really hard time determining if he was actually, actually a sort of hardened criminal type or if he had been like unjustly convicted. Oh, really? Yeah. There's just like some things he said that struck me as oddly. um, What what am I trying to say? The the way he expressed himself just made me think I I was wondering for a minute if like, wait, is he supposed to be sympathetic? Yeah. In some way? I don't know. Well, that was one of my, that's one of my questions. Like in the, in Wikipedia, it's like after killing a cashier in a gas station um, and I remember him hitting the cashier over the head with the, the butt of the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he didn't shoot him. Certainly dead. Right. But then his buddy's like, oh, we're going to we're often people now, you know, like just for for a few bucks. You know, like he it's where it's implied that he's dead. Oh, and, yeah. and that whole man chase is much more urgent because he just killed somebody. But it's not clear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they did. I if that's a screw up or what, but because that would have helped. Like if we had seen him kill the gas station attendant, then we'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, he's just bad. Like he just is. He's just this yeah. wild card killer guy, right? Which just makes it even harder to buy for me. I don't know, Aiden Quinn. Eh. I it, it did read that it was supposed to be Val Kilmer, but he dropped out um, before filming started. Which would have been interesting, I think. Yeah. Has he played villains before? He must have. Hmm. I think Aiden Quinn doesn't have the eyes for a villain. Really? Because his... I think that's the best part of it. I think... Yeah? Because we, when we were talking about Benny and June, we were like, oh, he's so intense. And he's got this, this stare about yeah, him. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I rem- true. He, 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 seemed, he seemed almost more intense in Benny and June than he did in Stakeout. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe, maybe because just... it was like restrained... In Benny and June, like it seemed like he was sort of a. Oh yeah, that's what you said. You're like, it's always there, but he's just fighting it, right? Pulling, he's holding it back. Mm -hmm. But in Stakeout, it's all out there, and and for some reason, for me, it just didn't work as well. Yeah, it's hard for me to say because I think part of it is my nostalgia, and remember thinking he looked really creepy and like a bad dude, Mm -hmm. like when I saw it as a kid. And I think some of that carried over. I was like, oh, it's him. Because I didn't think, oh, it's Aiden Quinn. I thought, oh, this guy. <laughs> so I don't know. What, I don't know. If I, I, It's hard to be objective. If I, if I had never seen it and I saw it for the first time and was like, yeah, it wasn't that, uh, wasn't that scary. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, so his buddy, who's... His, the only reason he's there is to get paid off because the money is stashed in uh, in her apartment. Yeah. Which is the whole reason he go, goes back. So he's kind of, you know, it's a kind of a slick uh, escape from the prison. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to remember exactly. <laughs> I mean, the it, it starts with the, the typical uh, fake fight in the cell, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was cool. You know, like He's like, what does he say? I'll see, I'll see you on Broadway or something. And then they start. Yeah, yeah. Let's give my regards to, to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> and then he stabs him with a knife. So then there's a reason to go to the infirmary. There's chaos, whatnot. And uh, uh, yeah, he's already, his buddy's already gotten in with the, as a truck driver, as a delivery person, which presumably he's been doing for a while. I don't know, whatever. Um, and then he. Right. And it is his cousin too, they say. Oh, is it his cousin? Yeah. Okay. All right. That works. And then he gets to the top of the building. It's, I guess, for some reason, he goes back to the... Oh, yeah, because they stop at someone from setting off the alarm so no one knows anything's wrong. So he can get back to the truck, roll out the truck, and stick Aiden Quinn gets on top of the prison and jumps off onto the moving truck and then has to do like a <laughs> Indiana Jones yeah. slide under the truck. That was a really far jump, too, down to it, the truck. It really was. <laughs> I don't know which part was was less believable that or the Indiana Jones because yeah. he's like get in the box he's as he's driving yeah you know like you could have gone a little slower for one thing <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah um, but I mean as far as an action sequence it's pretty cool it's like oh yeah okay it's somewhat mm-hmm. believable it's interesting yeah someone wrote that. John Badham seems to be good at, at doing, you know, doing this sort of, well, because we talked about he's done Short Circuit, he's done War Games, he's done a lot of different types of movies. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really have... Saturday Night Fever is the big one. Yeah. I think this one is his most successful, though. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have, I mean, it's it's hard to say it's a John Badham film just from looking at, at a movie and being like, oh, that's his style. Like, what is his right. style? You know? I feel like John Badham makes, he's, he's consistent. He makes perfectly good movies. Nothing Mm -hmm. great, nothing terrible. He's like, he's like Ron Howard. He just, he makes like pretty good movies most of the time. You can kind of count on him to deliver a pretty decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. He also, he, he's, he, John John Badham directed a, a, a movie I've almost picked at least like half a dozen times, it's a, it's been in the top of my list near the top of my list for quite a while now, which is uh, the Michael J. Fox James Woods movie, um, The Hard Way. Oh, he did that one. Okay, yeah, which I remember liking very much, but I haven't seen since it was in the theater. Interesting. Yeah. So someday, Nick of Time, we might be watching The Hard Way. I remember Nick of Time coming out and being so sort of blown away by because they're for it, you know it's all in real time, and I was like, oh yeah. my god, that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. it was sort of a it was a fad for a while there when it came out. There's a few other movies that were very similar. There's one called Time Code. And it was like four windows with time code locked in the bottom right corner of each. That silly gimmicky shit. But yeah, Nick of Time was one of them. And I was like, wow, it's in real time. It's like 90 <laughs> minutes out of this guy's life. We keep seeing the clock. It's amazing. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's not well-reviewed. No. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that movie, but it did well. It did fine though. A Nick of Time made thirty three million on an eight million budget. So yeah. So once again, he did just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he must not. I'm assuming he. I don't, well, I don't know if he's still working, but. I'm sure in the 90s, he still had no problem getting a job. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, as of last year, he was directing episodes of a show called Siren on uh, Freeform. Hmm. Some shitty channel ABC owns. Yes, I'm familiar with Freeform. Yeah. But not Siren. I don't think. About a fucking mermaid. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> What type of mermaid? A fucking mermaid. I only know I only know about it because I I did a job, um, a freelance when I was freelance. I did a job uh, for uh, a guy I know who I used to work with, a friend of mine who um, has his own small agency, and he hired me to help him do upfronts for Freeform. Um, and Siren was one of their big shows, so I had to watch a couple episodes or hmm. an episode, and like clips and stuff. I wouldn't call it good. <laughs> yeah so saturday night fever was his his first was it his first or was that just like his or, his break, or like Maybe his breakout it. i don't i'm not sure yeah it wasn't his first oh, okay it was the bingo long traveling all-stars oh, and right. Water kings which i right right with. that's a pretty good movie is it oh it's 1976 yeah, billy d williams and james earl jones and richard pryor i remember seeing that when I, little, when I was a kid i, I liked it. it was good I don't think I've seen it since, though. I think I, I, think I watched go. it with my dad. I think my dad liked that movie. Mm-hmm. He did Burn it, Bird on a Wire in 1990. Yeah. It's okay. A lot of people yeah. saw it. It's all right. Action, comedy, romance type movie. And Blue Thunder. Let's not forget Blue Thunder. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Is it? I thought you guys were ripping on that one. What? Oh Blue no, Thunder? no, you said Blue Thunder's good, but the TV show's bad, I think is what you said. I don't really remember the TV show very well. <laughs> okay. But I just remember it was it was that it was that and uh, you know, Airwolf were sort of right, oh, okay. you know, competing with each other and Airwolf was clue, clearly superior. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Airwolf. Oh, and he also did Whose Life Is It Anyway with Richard Dreyfus. 1901 drama. That. Yeah, I'm not sh- not familiar with that at all. Oh, sculptor paralyzed from neck down after a car accident. Hmm. Definitely Sounds drama. Like my left foot. Or that uh, one with Kevin Hart and. Um... Ah, never mind. We'll skip that. <laughs> yeah, never saw it. Okay. Only vaguely know what you're talking about, but it's, it sounds terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting the guy who wrote the screenplay for this also wrote the screenplay for The Hidden. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. Rush I've Hour. I picked that a few times, too. <laughs> Rush Hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of a interesting little string of movies. National Treasure. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's weird because when we were guessing what what the pick was, you guessed National Treasure. You're like, did he do National Treasure? Well, no, but the writer did. <laughs> uh, he was executive awesome. producer for California <laughs> and Con Air. 
Conair rules. I wonder if California is any good. <laughs> is that the one with David Duchovny? Yeah. And yeah, Brad Pitt. With the K? That was a pretty good movie, right? I think. It's sure. okay. I think so. As I recall. Yeah. I have to go back and put that one on the list. So we have a lot of double ups. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned Dreyfus. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Aiden Quinn. Yes. It's a few more. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker from Good Morning what? Vietnam. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Emilio Estevez. Repo Man. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I've got one for you. What? Cinematographer John uh, Seal. Yeah, what did he shoot? He did uh, Witness. Hmm. And he did something in the 80s we did, too. Hmm. Respect. Respectable. What did he do? Uh, the Firm. He also did The Firm. Hmm. Ah, there we go. All right. I caught the name of the music guy, um, Arthur B. Rubenstein. Heard of him. Have you? Have you? Because I... Don't remember him. I mean, this I've looks like him. he's I done a lot I couldn't of... T- I couldn't tell you what else he'd done, though. Yeah, it looks like he's done all John Bat- Battle movies. He's done War mm-hmm. Games, Blue Thunder, Stakeout, The Hard Way. Another Stakeout, Nick of Time. And he's a member of the band The Beepers. The Beepers, huh? Right. Not familiar with them. <laughs> I would like to know if they were named after actual Beepers. <laughs> Kid, kids, if you don't know, Beepers were... <laughs> <laughs> little devices you put on your belt they have a little clip and before cell phones you would just get a little beep noise when someone was calling you and you had to call them back <laughs> it's great great fun thanks for explaining that Sam do they, do they still use beepers in the medical community no <laughs> it's, it's all cell phones that has it's to be terrible. somewhat somewhat recent though that they stopped using beepers right I mean the last 10 years or yeah so? yeah Oh, yeah, that recent? Yeah. Huh. And some people are against the idea because it um, it makes it that much easier for someone yeah. to contact you. Sure. You pick up the phone and expect someone to answer. Whereas a beep, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to dial this number in. And at some point, someone's going to call me back. And all that time, you probably could have just Googled half the questions you had so <laughs> instead of just asking. <laughs> Yes, there's a little buffer there. Yes. Yes. As someone in the IT world, I, I would appreciate that too. I would love to have a beeper. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instead of a phone and email and all these different right. ways of getting a hold of me. Anyway. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we were talking about... Go ahead, what? I was going to say, uh, any any other double ups? Any other double ups? Mm, I don't think so. None that I caught anyway. I mean, that's that's a lot. We yeah. got like five already. Yeah. I was wondering if some of those, uh, like the the uh, police chief guy, Earl Billings, I think his name yeah, is. I, I didn't recognize him. I mean, I, I recognize Dan Laria from Wonder Years, of course. Well, you should recognize Earl Billings because he's in Con Air. What? Who's he <laughs> he's like the guard in the plane, I think. He gets killed off. I don't know if he's the... I think he's just one of the guards that gets killed off. I don't think he's the diabetic 
Oh, that's a prisoner. I think it's diabetic. Oh yeah, that's the that's, that's his buddy. Guy. Yeah, yeah, his friend. No, Earler Billings, I think, is just a guard on the plane. Hmm. Gets shot. Yeah, I don't remember. But he's in, he's just. I a, remember Dave Chappelle though in Con Ed. Con yeah, Air, Con Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chappelle's good. <laughs> he dies. spoiler alert (laughs) Dave Chappelle does not make it to the end of Con Air (laughs) few do I don't think well I don't remember it that well no that's that's fairly accurate (laughs) (laughs) well if we're going way down the list the Foley artist is the same Foley artist as the fifth element (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the same artist as what as which movie in the fifth element oh nice <laughs> well 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 deep dive look at us all right yeah. deep that's well it's interns not me hmm. yeah and you know actually um nope that's it never mind right. did they Do remake you... this movie Ugh. remake it sequel yeah. just the sequel Oh, they didn't do another like version or a TV spinoff or anything. I don't think so. They did should, it in other countries. They? They, they didn't. Um, should they? Mal- <laughs> <laughs> they did a Malaysian version. I mean, they made Kindergarten Cop. It's basically the same movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Kindergarten Cop. Oh, well, that's actually that's a. I hadn't thought of that one because that's like a really bizarre stakeout. <laughs> really bizarre like yeah the idea that they had a cop go into a school and pretend yeah. to be a teacher to catch right. someone i guess i mean it i mean he's in he's undercover he's not he's not in a stakeout he's undercover but i mean right otherwise it's pretty stinking similar right but of course his female partner was the one that was supposed to go mm-hmm. and be do this the sting thing right <laughs> it's a twist twist because no yeah no way this giant muscle-bound dude could be a, a teacher right <laughs> yeah yeah I guess so, so it was the eighth highest grossing film of what 1987 yeah mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah and I think he uh Richard Dreyfuss was in like two more movies in 1987, like Ten Men. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That was an amusing movie. That, I like that movie. And I'm blanking on the other one, but he was busy. He yeah. was in demand. Sure. So, yeah, 1987, number one grossing film was Beverly Hills Cop 2, 153 hmm. million. Oof. Yeah. Platoon, number two, Fatal Attraction, Untouchables, Three Men oh. and a Baby. Secret mm. of my success, stakeout. Stakeout <laughs> beat lethal success. weapon. I would have never wow. I would have never guessed That's that. Crazy. And Predator. Those are both Predator was number movies 10. too, I think. Robocop number fourteen. <laughs> which was under Dirty Dancing, which I would have thought like Dirty Dancing would have been way up there how popular it was. Yeah. And then the Living Daylights, Full Metal Jacket. Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street Three. <laughs> mm. Roxanne. <laughs> what a great year. Yeah. yeah. Spaceballs, blind date, mannequin. <laughs> blind date. You're throwing blind date in there without I mean, blind I'm just going Come straight on. down the list. I'm in the top twenty five here. Blind I'm twenty six is Golden Child. We'll we'll tune out right around there. Summer school. <laughs> Summer school I saw. Summer school's funny. Yeah. 
Like, really? Father, like, come on. Oh, Lost oh. Boys, way down at 33. What? <laughs> Princess Bride, 35. Wow. Can't yeah, Buy Me Love, kind of 34. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We had a lot of movies wow. from 1987. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Boy, it's interesting. I mean, you look at how these movies gross and you look at what becomes like the cult the cult classic and what you want to go back and watch over and over, which I mean just justifies our existence doing this podcast here to <laughs> yeah. see to see the Lost Boys Can't Find Me Love and Princess Bride going 33, 34, and 35. Yeah. Yeah. Tin Men hit it 44. I mean Boy. I know I've mentioned this before, but uh I mannequin I, I've toyed with like picking it, but I don't know if I want to watch it again. It's <laughs> but I mentioned it. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, Did way better than but, Three Amigos. But they made a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Since, I feel oh, like, Ishtar 78. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, the, I, 80s, the 80s were an interesting decade in bizarre sequels. Like another stakeout. Did this movie really warrant a sequel? Or Mannequin 2 on the move. Pretty weird odd thing to make a sequel to or you yeah. know i mean i know sister act was a huge hit but sister act 2 back in the habit so punny <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> what they made sequels to was so strange i bet they came up with the pun first and they're like okay let's write the movie now <laughs> <laughs> can't pass this up it's too good we'll make our budget back based on the title alone <laughs> yep because i'm gonna go down i'm gonna jump down to 103 on the list here yeah. Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, Teen Wolf 2. T-O-O. 104. House 2, the second story. Ooh, yes. 105, The Mosquito Coast. Jeez. And number 106, Brighton Beach Memoirs. Huh. I mean, that's crazy to me, too. Man. Oh, Heidi Now, way down at 111. Oh, I saw that in the theater. <laughs> John Cryer. Yes. Yeah. Wisdom 116. Ooh. Kind of deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. Leonard Part Six. (laughs) 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 Wow, we could we could just review We could make a whole podcast in nineteen eighty seven. I mean Revenge of the Nerds (laughs) two came out in eighty seven, subtitled Nerds in Paradise. That has no reason to exist. That's ridiculous. Saw that in the theater. I saw a lot of bad movies in the theater. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure I was probably watching it with you. So. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's uh, all my fault. All right. Well, my problem, back to, my pro- no, my problem is minor, minor defense real quick. My problem is that I wanted to see everything. And it just so happens that like half all the movies released were terrible. Mm-hmm. I had I was not discerning. I didn't care. I just wanted to see all of it. <laughs> yeah. And I tried like hell <laughs> to see every single movie I could in the theater for many years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll I'll add to your defense in that it's really kind of hard to to look at the at the paper and go like, oh well, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, these three sentences look really good. I I should probably see that. <laughs> right. It's like you saw a trailer once when you saw some other movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh okay. And that was it. It's first you ever heard of it. And you're like, oh, cool. All right. And then, yeah, you see the listing in the newspaper. You read a review and you're like, all right, well, I guess that sounds good. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, yeah, getting back to the movie, this movie, mm. uh, it's really strange that they they uh, have in their file that she's 313 pounds. Yeah, that's <laughs> odd. <laughs> maybe it's it, a almost, it almost seems like maybe there was a scene cut or something to further explain that. Like, why is that in there? I'm guessing it's a type. It was supposed to be a typo. They, yeah, like maybe there's a quick. Oh, you think? Bit set up for that. Like oh. there's a typo, and that so that kind of throws them off. This you know, like they don't even. I mean, <laughs> one of the best things they don't do is speculate on this person before they actually see her. They just like, oh, let's set up this, set up our cameras, and get to our get to our job here, and then they yeah. you know, and then they see who they're looking at, and they're like, oh. <laughs> she's not 313 pounds and and slowly like I think the first thing that happens is they call their significant others uh, Bill calls his wife and then he says hey you're gonna call whatever Donna or somebody like whoever Chris is dating and he couldn't get a hold of her and it turns out she's just thrown him out <laughs> so now he's newly single so the stage is set you know everything's perfect but, I like the you know. I like the I like the line where he, he's like, well, "Why don't you just close? You can't sleep. Why don't you just close the blinds?" <laughs> he says, "I can't. <laughs> I can't." She took the blinds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That moment was like, "Oh, he's in Let It Ride again. He's having a really bad. <laughs> he's really in a really bad moment here." But yeah, I mean, so there's that. There's you know, there's her. Um, I guess she's a waitress. I mean, she really has no backstory. I mean, her her brother is is important just because of uh, you know, it helps further their relationship and, and add to the hijinks. But like, she yeah. really, she really does have horrible taste in men. If she did yeah, yeah. this killer, and, and then... she has that weird line where she says, "I have great taste in men." Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, she you said don't. You have shit taste in men. What are you talking about? It's tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's genius. I yeah. suppose. It's the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> and she's like, let me cook for you. Or, you know, let's let's have some food together. I don't know. Yeah. What it, What is it that sells? I guess he's always kind of showing up at the right time. I right? think the way he handles her friend's boy, drunk boyfriend is really yeah. what that's that was the moment or, the, the, moment. or the, you know, the event that pushed her over the edge you know yeah her appreciation yeah. of it was a little heavy-handed yeah i <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I like the way that he was handled the it there was like so many shots of her looking at right. him like yeah oh. yes. <laughs> too many or the, yeah but i liked richard jarvis's performance in that scene the way he handled it i like that yeah he's yeah he's so believable at as uh i mean he's got a little he's got some sort of physical comedy about mm-hmm. him yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he's, he is charming, you know, like I assume in real life he's as charming as most of these characters mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's pretty believable. Yeah. And of course he's got I, the, he's got a cop mustache. So of course, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I know him and Emilio <laughs> both have that mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I, I was, as I was watching this, I was reminded that Richard Dreyfus in his youth is not so dissimilar from Kevin Klein you know, in, in his, like the, the sort of actors they are, the way their, their performances are when it comes to sort of comedy and the physicality and everything, they're very similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I found myself wondering again, cause I can't seem to let this go, what it would have been like, what, um, 
Death Becomes Her would have been like with Richard Dreyfus instead of Bruce Willis. <laughs> We're just going to shoehorn everybody we got in this movie. Like, <laughs> I know. What if Val Kilmer had done Death Becomes Her? I'm sorry, Bruce Willis. Steve I like Buscemi. you a lot, actually, but just that one movie. I don't know. And everything after 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. We won't go back to that. Right. <laughs> you want to know what we're doing next? Yeah. We're doing oh, a right. musical. Oh, really? Oh, no, come it's on. It's not even my pick. <laughs> I know. I'm picking a musical. I was like, I'm picking a musical. He can't have the stranglehold on these things. <laughs> then the share. You say share? Oh, share. Not no. Not C H E R. Yeah, I'm gonna take a guess. Yeah. Is it? No, it's too, no, that's not all. <laughs> You're gonna take a guess with no context. All right. No, I was. I was. I was gonna take a guess without anything to go on. I was gonna guess Why not? Moulin Rouge, but I don't know if that is that old enough. I, I think Mo- it's too new. Moulin Rouge uh, old enough? I think it's too new. I think it's two thousands. Really? Well, I'm picking a movie that was... 2001. 182. It was released in 1998, but it actually was released at the last week or so. So it was... Its bulk of its money was in was in 1999. And it, it was 182. And just above Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, as far as uh, box office take, it was at 3.9 million. <laughs> Mm. Huh. Is it a life less ordinary? No. It is on my list, though. Hmm. I'll give you a huge hint. Mm-hmm. Has Michael Caine in it. Is, oh, is it a Muppet movie? No. Nope. All right, I'll give you another huge hint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Caine won, won, won a Oh, I, I got this. it, I got it. It's Little Voice. Yes. Yeah. What the f- What is that? You've never seen it? Yeah. Never heard of it. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I think I know that this because is it's awesome. Sam, so. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like it. The movie. Little voice? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ewan McGregor, one of his early roles. Jim Broadbent, who I think we've seen, haven't we? Yeah, he's, well, he's also in Moulin Rouge, so. Uh, he's in tons of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. Wow. Who's in it? (laughs) (laughs) Michael Caine? No. Well, the Um, poster is a woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Jane Horrocks. She's the one who, just to get you excited, she sings all her own parts for real. Yeah. (laughs) Good. That's okay. No, I like it that he's skeptical. I like he's like, nah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, I, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you've never seen it. I'm I pretty excited. I have no idea what this is. It's crazy. That's, that's gotta awesome. be a first a movie that we have both seen and he has not seen. Yeah. We've, I think it is. Right? So I think that is a first. I think like you've seen uh, it because I made you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't regret it. <laughs> Looks like it's available just for rent. At it's least I don't, reg- I didn't regret it the first time. Maybe I'll have <laughs> it the second time. Nah. Yeah, I've seen it a handful of times. Okay. Sorry, you said it was just for rent? Yeah, I don't think it's available on any of the, the regular streaming uh, services. No freebie streamy? 
<laughs> nice <laughs> freebie streaming nice <laughs> i like that now you gotta pay 2.99 <laughs> all right you're gonna have all to right. cough it up i am british humor two times in a row so i guess next time i'll have to switch it up a little oh yeah look at you i like the british humor yeah it's funny <laughs> All right. Well, we've staked a claim to the best review ever. Our best review ever. Oh, yeah. By far. Well, if you rearrange the letters in stakeout, you get outtakes. Oh. <laughs> At the end of stakeout, there were no outtakes. No. There should have been. Sure. <laughs> if only Jackie Chan would have been in it. Then there would have been. There would have been outtakes. Yeah, because you know he didn't jump yeah. that fence in the first try. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well. All right, I'm out of here. Yeah, join us next time for a little voice. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See ya. Pa-pow. That's the from Rothy Eating in between meals? Eating in between meals.